0: From KOS in Omaha, you're listening to Riverside Chats. I'm Tom Noblock, and today I'm talking with actor and writer Katie Otten whose new web series, Inner Worlds, is streaming now.
1: The real world people were far more interesting and relatable, and it's just through the fantasy that they discover things about themselves, but but the fantasy isn't the focus. So so that really kind of helped me then, that there's just peaks of the fantasy, but like the real world is what matters. I think when people hear Dungeons & Dragons series, they expect it to be like Critical Role or something yeah. like that. That's what everyone expected. And then here I come with like, no, heavy drama. And like, the game is just the vehicle to bring them together, but it's not... It's not just people sitting and playing the game.
0: Otten talks about the entertainment scene in Omaha, how she found her voice as a writer, and what it takes to put together a 13-episode series in the middle of the pandemic. Stay tuned for the conversation after this break. Riverside Chats relies on your listener support and the best way to ensure continued coverage of arts, ideas, politics, all the local stuff that you listen to this show for is by making a sustaining monthly donation of $1, $5, or whatever you can afford. What do, we, what do you think this show's worth? We got over 100 episodes in our backlog. We're aiming to make a lot more. We want to keep the show at the quality that you expect and, in fact, to improve it go beyond what you expect. So please consider becoming a supporter by clicking on the link in the show notes for this episode. Welcome to Riverside Chats, I'm Tom Noblock. Today I'm talking with Katie Otten, local actor and screenwriter. Otten has worked with just about every local filmmaker and has just launched her first web series called Inner Worlds, which follows a series of friends who engage in a tabletop role-playing game like Dungeons & Dragons. Otten created, wrote, and stars in every episode of Inner Worlds, and each of those episodes is streaming now on YouTube. Here is our conversation. Well, so Katie, I was just saying off mic, but maybe we could start with it, that It must have been kind of a pain to figure out how to film something to get a whole season of television done, because I imagine you were writing it probably as everything was shutting down, Mm -hmm. right? So, Inner Worlds now has a full season, you're working on the second season, (laughs) in the time where people are sort of just starting to do things again. Yeah. So like, I imagine uh, that was probably stressful, right?
1: A little bit. Um, what happened during the pandemic was I had all these acting gigs lined up, and then suddenly they all fell away. And I was like, oh, how do I make money? What do I do? I want to keep, you know, doing things in the arts and making things. But everything was shut down. So uh, then I thought, you know, I've always kind of wanted to make a DD and d fantasy series. So I'm like, maybe I'll just write one. And I had no intention at that point of actually producing it. It was just like, here's an exercise in, like, getting better as a writer you know and um so I wrote it and then I got so attached to it after like 10 drafts that I was like well now I have to make it (laughs) there was just no going back anymore um so yeah it was exciting uh to try to put it together during the pandemic it was challenging of course but we were just very very careful with um the crew and the cast that we chose made sure everyone was very responsible and checked in with them all the time and um, yeah, so we we made it though, and uh, over a couple of weekends. And now the second season is in pre production right now, so we're going to film that in August. So,
0: so did you film season one? Was it last year sometime? Yeah, it would have been. Okay. L- it
1: was last summer, so we were able to be outside for a lot of it, and then the indoor stuff we just were very careful and.
0: Okay. Yeah. yeah. I remember. So I, as you know, you were in my most recent movie, which we filmed in, in 2020. I'm and so excited. One, and that was one where we we had the script and we were ready to film it. Originally, mm. we were going to film in March. March 2020, right as everything oh, shut down. Oh,
1: yeah. And
0: so, and Will had to fight. Uh, we love this. and, yeah. I
1: think maybe. Home and relax and, yeah.
0: I think maybe there is something to it. I, I didn't really intellectualize it, but mm-hmm. I think uh, slowing down a little bit and just sort yeah. of like, let's take it one day at a time. Or right. I used to give myself sort of really t- intense deadlines for things. And I think oh, I do sure. that less now. Like, I've been working on one script for about a year now, whereas... Oh. I I usually would try to get them done in, you know, four to six months or yeah. something. And it's, you know, just sort of like, I'm not going to press myself. If I have something out this year, that's great. If yeah. not, whatever. Yeah, I'll just there's take my just time. no
1: rush. That's so nice. <laughs> Do you, I
0: mean, so you think that that's here to stay or are we just didn't like the post adjustment uh, period before we're back to the hustle?
1: <laughs> it's something I want to try to keep and I'm not great at it. Like right now I'm back to doing a million things, yeah. but I'm like, I'm trying to keep that lesson with me of um, that. It's okay to have free time and it's okay to just take time for yourself and do other things you
0: know like what are other things that you do because you're you're like probably the most (laughs) prolific actor in omaha
1: oh gosh (laughs) so kind of you to say um boy i love anime (laughs) and i love video games i'm a huge nerd so if i have time i could just play video games all day that's like my favorite thing in the whole world (laughs) but also like um Video games is what got me into acting, and so it's also a little like I connect it with my work too. But I try right. not to. I try to really just relax. But um, but yeah, I just there's something so magical about going on an adventure, you know.
0: What's well, that's, that's a tough thing I, I run <laughs> into, which is there's a point especially when you're generating content so you wrote this whole season mm-hmm. where it's easy to think like okay I would like to watch this you know series of movies or TV shows or whatever and that will feed into whatever I'm working on because I can tell myself there's some connection maybe it's really right. explicit maybe it's stylistic inspiration whatever But then the things you like can start to feel like work and sort of like that all gets sucked into this sort of productivity mode, right? Do you feel that?
1: Yeah. It's like, am I working right now or not? And maybe it's okay to just not be working, but but it is hard. Like our – our jobs are so um, – we're not, like, on the clock. Like, we're working now and then we're not working. It's always sort of in our minds and we're mm. always kind of thinking about it. So that is a tough thing I've thought a lot about. It. Or
0: sometimes <laughs> even it's like I feel bad watching something that yeah. doesn't relate because it's like I, should, I should watch this thing because I know I wanted to look for whatever element. Yeah. Or... No,
1: that's so sad to me. You should watch whatever you enjoy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it's, it's – I mean, I, well, that's kind of what I want to talk about, though, because with, yeah. with how prolific you've been, I mean, do you, is it it sounds like it is kind of hard for you to turn that off. Right. It's easy to just stay in it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And there's always more that I want to be doing. I think that's one of the trouble with being in the arts in general is you're always like, oh, but this person's doing that thing or like, why am I not doing that? Instead of stepping back and being like, actually, the stuff I'm doing right now is amazing and yeah. enough, you know, um, it's so. And I think social media has made that worse, too. Like, it's impossible not to. Just constantly be comparing yourself and seeing all the other great things people are doing. But they don't tell you about all the days where they're feeling like not good enough either. So. That's
0: true. I yeah. mean, so were you always this prolific? <laughs>
1: um, I've always been busy, but yeah. uh, I used to not do so many things. It was always like theater is my one love, you know. And now I do voiceover and film and writing and all kinds of stuff. So now it's just an amalgamation of a lot of things
0: so like was there a point when you were younger where it was Mm -hmm. easier to sort of just relax and not try to turn it into some kind of problem? oh
1: yeah i had trouble just doing homework because i was playing video games (laughs) so much
0: (laughs) when did that change
1: you know i think in college i i started to see like oh this is my chance to really get better in the field i want to be in and so i'm going to really focus intensely um and even in, I think in middle school is when I started wanting my grades to be really good. Mm -hmm. I was always kind of a teacher's pet. And that's when I realized, like, oh, if I get good grades, my teachers are going to love me. So that's
0: (laughs) (laughs) it was all manipulation, you know. (laughs) Did you act when you were in school? Like high school?
1: A little bit. I did um, a play here and there. I wasn't really, like, our school wasn't you know An art school or anything So we did like One show a year Kind of thing But but I got exposed To it a little bit And enough that I was like Oh this is what I want to do Yeah um, Yeah Well then
0: you ended up In Omaha where it's like Yeah almost counterintuitive because he, like a lot of people just assume that there's no arts happening here no they do
1: <laughs> and there,
0: there is art there are arts happening here it's just a little bit of a different kind of yeah. uh, kind of mode you have to be in right yeah so i mean like when when you decided to stay here what mm-hmm. i remember is when we first started working i know you had done various amounts of film work but i feel like mm-hmm. now i look at your imdb page and there's like a thousand things <laughs> on there So was like okay wow so you you found i feel like everybody who's working on stuff and you're able to work with pretty much everybody who's ever made like a a film or a, yeah. like a You know, web series here has has had you in something, probably, yeah. (laughs) But I mean, so so when you started to make that adjustment and figure out, okay, how do I work in the Omaha model Mm -hmm. of the entertainment industry? Like, what what was that like for you to find a way that made you happy?
1: Yeah, I I mean, when I moved here, I certainly had no intention of staying. I I had a nine month contract at a theater, and then I was like, I'm gonna go somewhere else because I don't even know where Nebraska is, you know. And then I got here, and I don't know, there was something just about The sense of community and family that i found in the theater world first and then i found it kind of in film too and i don't know i was like you can afford to live here and you can make things and like be working whereas i feel like if i was in la i'd have to have five jobs and like be constantly auditioning and maybe get something you know so i loved that i could just be working and maybe it's not at, you know at the same budget as other places but like I just want to tell stories and yeah. I get to do that here so
0: do you, remember, do you remember the first time uh that you had to make that adjustment <laughs> because it sounds like it's going to sound like bad snobby but I get what like when you're sort of trained in theater it just seems like that is like the mm-hmm. true expression right the true sort of like artistic mode yeah. uh so when you when you shifted or at least started to go outside of that mode into film was it like was it a, a short film or what was the first one
1: Hmm. Well, when I was living in Milwaukee, actually, I worked on a zombie film where oh, okay. I just like had to walk past the screen like that was it. You were a zombie? Was, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then I actually got um, I got parked in. So I had to call um, the police to like help me. And I was in this zombie <laughs> makeup and they were like. Hello. It was great. So that was my first real film experience. And that one never even came out. It didn't come to anything. And so that's kind of what I thought film was for a while. I was like, people are just trying to make stuff. But like, eh, this isn't really my thing, you know. Um, When I moved here, uh, gosh, I don't remember what I first worked on. But um, I worked on a couple like horror movies and things. And I just realized how someone described it once to me that like theater – is like a marathon because you have to do this whole thing. You have all this time to build it up but then it's got to be perfect but you have like a couple weeks to work on this but film was like a sprint. Yeah. It's like, okay, you have we have two hours to get this scene done. We got to go. You never have rehearsed it but we're just making it happen and there was something really exciting about that yeah. and... And, and and having something that's permanently there. Like theater is ethereal and then it's gone and never going to happen again the same way. But film, it's like, oh, now I have this real thing that will exist forever. And yeah. it's so cool.
0: If you're just joining us, I'm talking today with Katie Otten, creator and star of the new web series Inner Worlds. Join the conversation on social media or call in with what issues on your mind in a brief voicemail to 402-881-0089 which we may feature on one of our upcoming shows. That can be kind of like a double-edged sword, yes. though, too, though, because you're like, oh, now that's out there forever. Oh, yeah. not, that one didn't work. There's really. things
1: out there that I'm like, ugh, <laughs> you know. <Yeah. laughs>
0: Well, yeah, I mean the the there's a the pressure and stress of it is something that's mm-hmm. difficult to figure out. Like, how do I channel that stress of the sprint where it's like we had, yeah, like yeah. sometimes it'll be like you know in shoots that we've done where it's like we have five locations that we're shooting at today. Yeah. We got a couple hours at each of them, yeah, and we have to get it all because this person's not going to be around next week, yeah, uh, you know. And so like for me, I know it took a while to sort of figure out. Okay, all the, the like, how scary that can be mm-hmm. of just all that pressure. And you can do any amount of prep, but unless you have a lot of resources, you. You don't really know what it's going to be like on set. Yeah. And like, even the one we just worked on, where it's like, all right, now this location's not going to work because they're doing construction right outside. Oh. So let's just wander to a new place and see if we yeah, can find somewhere to film. Right. And so, like, you have to kind of go with the flow, but have enough of an idea of what you need to figure it out. So, I mean, for you, like, how did you sort of manage that level of stress of the sprint to be able to do good work?
1: Yeah. Um, I, I think as an actor, I was just like, oh, this is great. Everyone else is worrying about that stuff. But once I started producing Inner Worlds, it was like, oh, now I'm the one doing that. Yeah. And I had no idea how much work it is and how much stress. So I, I really commend you all for continuing to make things, even though that is so stressful. Um, so I think... I mean, finding the right people to surround yourself with is really important. Like, originally, I was going to write it, direct it, star in it, all this stuff. And then someone, a wonderful person named Jessica Johnson came to me and was like, now hold on, what if I take over directing so you have one less hat to wear? And I was like, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. Um, So, yeah, I think finding people that you trust who can help you take on some of those things and just really trusting that, like, we're going to get it done and it's going to be whatever it's going to be, But and maybe we won't have – you know, all the time that we thought we would, like maybe this other scene goes a little too long. But um, but if you have the right cast, then they will just figure it out. It's great. How do you manage those days? Oh, man. I
0: mean, it's just <laughs> like uh, it's an addiction, right? You're just sort yeah. of like, all right, I need the high again. Of, <laughs> can I get all the coverage and be able to put it together? And I thought, you know, I've done it. Uh, This is my fifth feature that we just did. And mm-hmm. so it's sort of like. I've done it enough times that the the concept isn't that scary. But uh, I think the big shift for me has been being less precious with the script that we go in with. Yeah, Um, the first movie I did, we just we filmed every line in the Mm -hmm. script as it's written. And you know, like it's not to say I mean there are some actors who are great at figuring out like all right that the comma in that (laughs) line I'm going to make that this big beat and I know exactly what to do with it all. And a lot of the time when you work in like Omaha, there's people who are, they're trained either in different ways mm-hmm. or sort of like, that's just not the rhythm that they're able to acclimate to because you don't have enough time. Yeah. So like, it's just like, okay, well, let's find beats that work for you where it's still the same scene, yeah. but let's play with it more. And so I, I've leaned more toward working with actors who want to figure it out in the moment, I think, or like yeah. in the scene you did in the movie, we, we worked on uh, two years ago now almost, oh right? Oh gosh, that's um, crazy. I ended up using very little of the scripted scene, which you did, but we mm-hmm. shot a bunch of extra footage sort of just making oh, yeah. up, and that all, almost all of that made it in. Oh, my gosh. And so, yeah, just like to, to feel like, I don't know what the vision is exactly, but I'm going to sort of trust yeah. my instincts. For me, that's worked. Uh, for you, having written it, were you open to sort of playing with it in the moment uh, Ooh, on set?
1: I'm glad that you asked this, because I think when I first wrote it, it was so precious. It was like, oh, these yeah. are my characters and like, I don't want to change anything. And I actually found um, a friend who was a screenwriter. She was living here at the time, but she's since moved away. And she was so wonderful and willing during the pandemic to like give me a lot of feedback. So she read my first draft. And she came to me and said, Okay, these are the things I like, like, this is what really strikes me. And I want to know more about now. She said, now get rid of everything and start over again. And it was the most horrible feeling to just erase it completely and start over. But I had to do that three times. And it got so much better every time. But I think doing that forced me to be like, okay, nothing is here to stay permanently. It's Mm -hmm. all just ideas. And so when we got on set, you know, we tried to stick pretty close just for time. But, like... But, yeah, if actors have other ideas or something sounds more natural in their voice, like they should absolutely change it and yeah. And we found a couple moments too that weren't scripted. So, um, yeah, so I think it's important to to be able to let go of that, and that having to do that really helped me.
0: <laughs> well, so you rewrote the whole script, like starting like every episode over multiple um, times, or was this the first one?
1: Yeah, everything okay. over, and I moved it around and because originally it was gonna be really focused on the fantasy characters, like, And then we just see um, hints of them in the real world and Mm -hmm. slowly kind of introduce the real world characters. But what I discovered and what my friend told me is that the real world people were far more interesting and relatable, and it's just through the fantasy that they discover things about themselves, but but the fantasy isn't the focus. So so that really kind of helped me then that there's just peaks of the fantasy, but, like, the real world is what matters. And Yeah. yeah. I think when people hear Dungeons & Dragons series, they expect it to be, like, Critical Role or something yeah. like that. That's what everyone expected. And then here I come with, like, no, heavy drama. And, like, the game is just the vehicle to bring them together, but it's not it's not just people sitting and playing the game. You know?
0: Yeah, I <laughs> thought the tone was kind of interesting uh, yeah. because it is sort of like, it's got this light, friendly approach, right? And it draws you in because you... you it almost like the the first couple episodes, uh, they're, I was wondering sort of like when you're trying to figure out what exactly is the tone of this. Mm-hmm. Is it like, are we going for comedy? Is it just sort of like a friendly, familiar uh, sort of drama? Because it's not like super high stakes at the very beginning.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, so how, how did you parse that out?
1: Yeah, the way I thought about it is... Uh, at the beginning, other than a few of them, they really don't know each other very well. They're feeling it out. And so I did want it to feel like, uh, where are we a little bit? So I'm glad that you felt that way. Um, but as it goes and as their relationships deepen, I wanted the stakes to get a little higher as mm-hmm. it goes. So... Um, So that's the goal. And as they open up to each other, then we discover things too. But yeah, I definitely tend more towards drama, I think.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, have you wanted to be writing roles and generating content over the years as you've been sort of a vehicle for, been in vehicles for other people's?
1: I had never really considered it, but then the pandemic made me go, actually, I'm not going to, because fantasy is my favorite thing in the whole world and I want to do more of it. And I realized I was just kind of sitting and waiting for other people to make that and that's Mm -hmm. You know, not a lot of people want to do that. So I was like, if I write my own, then I can do that. So I think I'm going to do more of that. It's not something yeah. I had expected to do, but now I want to make things. So.
0: Well, it, it's tough <laughs> to do fantasy at a micro budget level.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> how,
0: how much of that was a consideration in putting together in a world?
1: I definitely thought about it. And um, but the way our uh, Kendra Raymond was our amazing costumer for the first uh, season, and she explained that since it's all in their imaginations they kind of see themselves um however they see like chad has never played so he doesn't have a lot to go off of so like his is pretty plain because he's like i don't know what costume my character would wear whereas some of them like gabby has all this stuff because she's played before and she loves her weapons and things so so i really kind of tried to factor that in and and it sometimes feels a little like People in cosplay, almost, but that's what D D feels like sometimes. You know, like we're just putting on this thing and trying our best. You know, it's not high sorcery and like knights and stuff. Um, it can be, but like in our imaginations, that doesn't always come through. So, so we'll see though how the second season goes. We have all these plans, but you know,
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you, and you've been into you know uh, cosplay mm-hmm. and sort of stuff like this for a long time. What was it that was the appeal? Of? Like, what what is it that you get out of it?
1: Oh well, I love. Uh, getting to be a character that I really really enjoy. Uh, like I go to conventions and I'll like be in character and mm-hmm. I'll talk to people as my character, and it's just a, a chance to get to like be with other people that love the same thing as you and share this passion for it and. I don't know. It's just the greatest feeling, and I'm like, I'm this character now, and it's so magical. Is it? I
0: mean, is there like an escapism of getting out of yourself and into somebody else's? Oh shoes? Yeah, Is that yeah. part of the appeal?
1: I think it's this. You know, the same thing we get probably from doing film and theater and stuff. It's just like I get to step into a fantasy world for a while, and then I get yeah. to come back and go to bed. You know, like, <laughs> you always come back to your world in the end, which is nice. Yeah.
0: To- well, but so like when you when you become a different person though through <laughs> like cosplaying, I don't know how much of you yeah. spills into it, right? Because you're kind mm. of it, it's in that sense, isn't it more like you are uh, fully in somebody else's brain almost as opposed to like when you're writing something you're going like you're going to spill into it in sort of these big ways oh yeah is that a thing that happened i've never cosplayed so i don't actually know what i'm talking about here
1: oh it's okay. <laughs> making
0: up some things you that seem someday. reasonable
1: oh, you should do it, it i don't so know
0: <laughs> i don't know if i can pull it off
1: <laughs> it's so you can have someone else make <laughs> you a costume. like i don't make my own i mean okay. a lot of people do i just find things put things together but um, but that's a great question, and it's actually, I think, goes to, like, what I believe about acting in general, which is you can never completely erase yourself from the equation. So I think the best acting comes from taking a little piece of ourselves, but then all the rest of the character, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that's where the truth is. So, yeah, I think even when I cosplay, like, I'm always going to be me, really, but but I'm also this character, you know?
0: Well, I mean, I, I wonder sometimes if it's... Uh, An excuse to show elements of yourself That don't naturally come out In your normal life
1: Yeah, there's a lot of people who Would be nervous to even talk about The things they love Or like go up to a stranger And start a conversation But if they're this character That's really outgoing Then maybe that's a lot easier for them And it's cool how doing that having that almost kind of mask makes people feel freer to like explore other parts of themselves or things like when i get to be an evil character let me tell you it's the most exciting thing (laughs) because i'm never evil
0: you're the nicest person (laughs) but so there's an evil part of you that you like to uh, express through cosplay it's
1: just it's a it's just fun yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) who are the evil characters that you've uh dressed um
1: I, I actually haven't um cosplayed a lot of evil characters, oh, okay. but recently uh, there's a film I'm actually working on right okay. now where I'm the villain oh, and yeah. I kill all kinds of people
0: <laughs> what's the what's the therapeutic part of that just to, is that one <laughs> that one really that one might be just to not be yeah news, no, right hopefully it's just
1: fun. <laughs> <laughs> It's fun knowing it's all pretend, you know.
0: Yeah. Know. <laughs> well, I think that, I mean, it applies to acting, too, right? Mm-hmm. Because you get to maybe have certain types of heightened emotions or yeah. energy that maybe you, like, the you that the people who like you know, they're not looking for that. They don't maybe want that. Mm-hmm. And so it, sometimes it is like the ugly things, right, get to come out through a character.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that is kind of cool to just explore those other things. And also, um, I don't, you know, like, there's something to watching... Um, the, the Greeks had a term for this, but it's like watching someone else go through it so you don't have to. Yeah. And maybe there's a little bit of that, too. Like, um, if I get to be this character that's really mad, like, then I don't need to go be mad elsewhere. Like, I know yeah. what that feels like. I don't like it. I've explored it. Then that's good. You know?
0: Yeah. It's know. exhausting.
1: Doing yeah. It. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Being angry takes <laughs> so much work. I don't know how people do it. <laughs>
0: So, I mean, uh, when you're sort of figuring out what to do with this series then, Mm -hmm. I mean, did you – so when when the original idea was you're going to direct, write, star, that is a lot. But also, you know, people have this kind of respect for like, oh, you directed it. That's very cool, right? You know, and I think sometimes – maybe to the detriment when bringing on collaborators can help. Sometimes people want to have that written and directed by credit. Yeah. So, I mean, like, how did you decide when you were willing to sort of let it go or bring on other people instead of having that more like sole authorial vision?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, It was scary bringing people on and letting them make some of those decisions, but um, it was people that really understood the vision and the message I wanted to tell. And Jessica in particular said she had never directed film, but she was like, I feel some kind of calling. Like she, she said, I read this script and I have to direct this. And I was like, that, that is what I'm looking for. Like she really just wanted to and had the passion for it and wasn't just there because like, eh, you know, I'm free this week or whatever. But, but she just really felt called to do it. And... Um, And I think what's helped is that we've kept a sort of hierarchy, though. Like, she directs everyone. She's in charge of all of that. But I always have sort of the final say. So there are times where I'm like, actually, this is really what I intended. Let's stick with this. And so that's really helped to know – that I have that ability to because there's certain things I just like really have to have or don't want to let go of. So yeah. um, so that
0: helps. Well, that's yeah. pretty normal for like a TV production yeah. right? to do a series. Usually the showrunner is the writer, not the director. I mean, oh, some, sometimes sure. there's that overlap, right? Yeah. So when was there a point where you ever thought about this as a feature as opposed to a series?
1: No, <laughs> I think the reason is I was inspired by the show The Guild Um, And that is in a very short, like, five-minute episode format. But they told such a beautiful, rich story with these fascinating characters. And I was like, I think that's what I want to do. Because I had this image of people watching it just, like, on YouTube when they have some free time, you know, between their other stuff. It just seemed more like the way it should be rather than a sit-down movie. But we are actually compiling it right now into a movie. um, And by the time this comes out, uh, we'll have done a premiere at Alamo of the whole movie. So we're going to find some way to release that, too. But... Because um, I think it just it it changes the flow of the story a little bit, but some people did want that. Some people told me after watching it, they're like, "We want it to be one long thing," and I was like, "Okay, that's not what I intended, but if that's what people want, I'll smash it together." So so we're we're trying to figure out right now how to do that. But it's a tough you know.
0: thing because. I think our, our viewing habits are moving more toward uh, TV and yeah. more toward series and episodes and short form. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, I kind of feel sometimes like my love for features is antiquated because like, I don't know what a movie even really needs to be now because in like the streaming age where it's not so connected to movie theaters, how long it needs to be, how long it should be. Yeah. Like what? There's a two and a half hour long Stranger Things episode in this new season.
1: Oh my gosh, and you're really? Like, what? what? <laughs> yeah, it can be anything now with streaming. I guess that's yeah. true. You used to be so regulated but now yeah that's like the, the wild west <laughs> anyone can do anything
0: right well but then it's funny too yeah. that you get a little pushback on that because you're you're sort of I like know. up with the times and they're like no make it a movie
1: yeah <laughs> it's been really interesting I, and i think people are used to getting what they want right away and so by us releasing an episode a week they were like no like we want to just binge it all at once right. and i'm like oh okay <laughs> so yeah it's kind of funny that people are i think used to also getting to watch it in their own time and All at once. (laughs) Why did
0: you go with the weekly release strategy?
1: That was mostly out of necessity um, because we lost an editor and had to find a new one very quick. And then we got behind and we wanted to start releasing them, but uh, weren't ready with all of them. So that was kind of just that we just had to. (laughs)
0: I I go back and <laughs> forth like I I think there is something good about the anticipation and yeah. I think you engage in some ways on a deeper level not that you couldn't pace yourself however mm-hmm. you want to but like uh did you watch the show Severance that just came out No I haven't well, so it's it's kind of like uh, it's got this ambiguity and it's like this tension from not knowing what's happening. And it's not like exactly a mystery, but it's sort of like taps into like when Lost was on. Remember how everyone just speculated for a whole uh-huh. week, right? And I think that those shows when you really just have no answers for a week and you don't get any more clues, and nothing's really yeah. dropping for you. And then you talk about it with people more in that anticipation. Yeah. It helps it feel more like a community effort as opposed to a lot of our viewing now is so individualized yeah. and almost uh, like concealer right like not everyone's even talking to anybody about what uh-huh. they're watching because they're just consuming so much of it
1: yeah and I think that's sort of what I wanted to go for is that people would have a week to really think about it and talk about it and then get the next thing you know but um, yeah but who knows <laughs> but this, the second season will be kind of in the same format so okay. that's just how it was written but yeah, yeah.
0: I'm talking with Katie Otten local actor and writer who just created and stars in a new web series called Inner Worlds, all of the episodes of which are now on YouTube. You can watch them right now for free. Let us know what you think. Follow Riverside Chats on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Stay tuned for the rest of the conversation with Katie after this break. Welcome back to Riverside Chats. I'm Tom Noblock. Check out the backlog of Riverside Chats episodes wherever you get podcasts. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever your favorite app is. I'm talking with Katie Otten, local actor and screenwriter. Otten has worked with just about every local filmmaker and has just launched her first web series called Inner Worlds, which follows a series of friends who engage in a tabletop role-playing game, sort of like Dungeons & Dragons. The game, like the show, is called Inner Worlds. Otten created, wrote, and stars in every episode of Inner Worlds. Each of those episodes are now on YouTube. You can stream them for free. Auden is currently at work on season two, which she talks about in this part of the interview. Here's the rest of our conversation. Mm-hmm. What were like, some of the shows that inspired you?
1: Um, like I said, The Guild, just yeah. in the format of it. Um Otherwise, you know, a lot of it was, um, a lot of the main characters are amalgamations of myself and people that are close to me. And I kind of just wanted to tell their stories. So I think that was the biggest inspiration is like, who are the characters and um, what are each of them dealing with? And kind of, kind of wrote it from there. So in that way, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I had a specific like show in mind. I just kind of made my own thing. I was like, I don't know if anyone will like this, but I'm going to make it.
0: <laughs> I thought the in the first episode in particular, the energy, maybe it was with the music and the way it was cut, mm-hmm. it felt sort of like derived from an anime style and energy, even <gasps> oh, though it's not that. explicitly really like that <laughs> yeah. in terms of the, the actual, uh, you know, what's going on Aww. or... Characters. I
1: can see that for sure, that that would be a big inspiration for me. Well, originally I actually wanted the fantasy scenes to be animated so that the, they were just completely disconnected from the real world, but then I found out how much that would cost, and then that was no
0: more. <laughs> Did you play with, like, rotoscoping it or anything?
1: Not really. We okay. played with, like, the color grading and stuff, so yeah. each of their imaginations do look a little different that way. We just weren't able to do as much as we had hoped, but, um, but yeah, we definitely played with kind of more crazy colors and editing and stuff, but...
0: Well, it's interesting, I mean, based on some of what we've already been talking about, mm-hmm. how in your self-generated show, it's sort of about people in some sense creating some new character that they can lose themselves in. But mm-hmm. then as well, it's sort of that the way that they spill over into the characters yeah. is also a big theme, right?
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I play in, I'm in four Dungeons and Dragons games right now, <laughs> one, one of which I DM, and there is something, like, even when you make a character so completely different than you, there's always going to be a little piece. And I find myself um, always thinking about my characters and, like, what are they going to do next? And, like, and I always make these connections with my real life, even though it, they're hard to do. Like, you just can't help it. And and I think that's the beauty of D&D is it like, makes us better, more empathetic people, too, by having to walk in someone else's shoes and go on this other adventure. And I don't know. And you can try things and figure things out. It's it's just the greatest game ever. Well, so it's
0: like there's a, a that's kind of what we were saying before, too, about just elements of your personality, but also sort of freedom to be somebody yeah. else that we don't always have in real life.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So it's almost like I mean, do you think there is there any kind of true escapism or is it always just us? thinking about ourselves in one way, or tricking ourselves into thinking yeah. that it's not self-reflective.
1: Well, and the other question is, do we ever really want to, like, escape ourselves? Yeah, you right. Know? Yeah. We just we
0: pretend like that's what we like about something, when really it's all about us still. Yeah,
1: yeah, and we're the important. Like, we should always be getting better and being good people I don't know have you ever played D&D
0: um I think maybe once or twice I had a friend who was into it when I was in like grade school yeah uh and that's I don't I barely remember it (laughs) so yeah not not really any meaningful way
1: yeah it's really it's insane how it's exploded in popularity because I remember too as a kid it was like me and my brother and that was it I didn't know anyone else playing and now it's like everyone it's crazy I
0: don't know (laughs) What what do you think accounts for that explosion in popularity
1: well, I think, first of all, it used to have – people had this idea in the past that it's, like, everyone's sitting around in cloaks in front yeah. of the fire and, like, summoning Satan. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, my mom was like that. She was like, yeah. oh, this is evil game. Don't play it. And uh, oh It always sounded gosh. kind of hyperbolic. And then, like, I did play it with somebody. I was like, yeah. yeah, I don't know. This doesn't seem that dangerous to me. Yeah.
1: Like, no, we're just drinking Mountain Dew and, <laughs> yeah. like – attacking wolves just i don't kind know of nerdy, <laughs> honestly like whatever yeah, you know it's so nerdy i think i mean i think in general the nerd culture has gotten mainstream which yeah. is crazy anyway because i remember when it wasn't but um so i think it kind of just rode the waves of that and and people just realizing like oh it can be whatever you want it to be D and D isn't one specific thing your group can make it fit for what you want it to be and people get different things out of the game which is really cool
0: yeah well why do you think nerd culture took over
1: Oh, my gosh, I wish I knew. I mean, I remember when it was so uncool and, like, and awful to be a... Like, I had to, like, hide the fact that I played video games because they're like, you're a girl. You can't play... People said that stuff. (gasps) But um, I don't know. I think it just... I think people realized um, that there's... Just like D&D, there's not one set thing. Like, even within anime, there's, like, all these genres, you know, and people can find what they love within the nerd world. So... I think people realize it's not just like oh, only certain people can like this, or it's only the certain way. There's so much to it, you know. Yeah. <laughs>
0: well, you're, you're so positive about it all. Too. Oh, thank you. You know, like you, the other, the flip side of that is like, you know, it's from <laughs> from the perspective of like what's happening to the entertainment industry mm-hmm. right now, right, where it's like you hear these uh, arguments all the time about superhero movies, right, where there was a point when liking comics was considered nerdy and you Mm -hmm. maybe were made fun of or whatever for that. And now it's sort of like you're being, like I get judged sometimes for not liking them enough because they're like, you just hate fun then. Yeah, It's like,
1: what? I honestly, hot take, I don't really like all the superhero movies because they're constant and they feel kind of the same. Right. Yeah, and I feel like I should because I'm, I'm a nerd. Or people are like, you don't you haven't read all the Harry Potter books they're like shame on you and I'm like I don't know I just didn't connect with it so yeah. there is that weird side to it like a weird pressure there's like
0: it, a nerd bully culture almost yeah. which is weirdly antithetical to what you think of when you think of a nerd yeah
1: right? yeah I hadn't thought about it that way but that's so weird
0: <laughs> where yeah and then like the point I'm making though is you you, you mm-hmm. see it in this like uh, inclusive way oh, yeah and I'm not sure everybody does though
1: yeah yeah I just try to live my life that way but but yeah I'm just so happy to see other people sharing in this thing that like really made me who I am so like maybe it'll help more people you know (laughs) and not bully each other I don't
0: know so okay when you start to put this together then Mm -hmm. uh in terms of Jessica trying to figure out your vision and figure out how to make this visually work kind of you know as the pandemic was maybe opportunities were opening up again right there was vaccines and so Mm -hmm. on and so forth but like when you actually set it up in terms of production you had a pretty limited amount of time right to shoot
1: yeah (laughs) Yeah, it all comes down to, we were, we, one of the really important things to us was to pay the main cast and crew. Um, So we were very, you know, a lot of people were paying by the day. And so that really limited us. Like we got to fill all the time we can and like, we can't afford two more days, you know? So, um, so yeah, we had to work it that way, but but we just stayed so focused. and like. But when we were on break, like we really were like, go eat, go do your thing. But then when we come back, we're going to be ready. And we did have some rehearsals for the actors because we felt like that was important to establish some of those relationships and just get the words in our body a little bit. And, yeah,
0: did it, that helped. Did it change over the course of rehearsing?
1: Um, yeah, a little bit. We found some things like um, – the actors who play Seth and Mackenzie, I mean, they have to be in a relationship and uh, they've worked together a little bit. So they knew each other, but still just like finding that what are we like as a couple um, took a little time. But uh, but all my actors were so amazing. And some of them, I wrote their parts pretty much for them. Like I had them in mind. So so that really made it easy. It was kind of just them a little bit. So
0: was <laughs> it hard to act with this, you know, your own script?
1: Actually, no. And I, I realized when we sat down the first day that I had it like all memorized because I had just worked on it so much. So I didn't even really have to study it. But I will say sitting around the D&D table for the first time and hearing them speak my words like in space. like I almost started crying because I'm like, this is just the most amazing feeling. Have you felt that before?
0: You know, I feel like I have maybe the opposite reaction. Oh, no. And maybe it's because, like I was saying before, like I, I I move I'm moving more toward like, let's make it not exactly like the script. Okay. Uh, I almost feel like when I first hear people read it, sometimes it sounds like me talking to a bunch of me's oh. and I don't like that. <laughs> and so I want to change that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't know. It, it is interesting. And the, I think the like your rhythm, right, of just like how you talk, how you think, definitely writing for that can be easier.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, Mike Bridget, the character I play in Inner Worlds, is pretty much me in every way. So that made it really easy, and I was like, I've always just wanted to play myself. Um, But I think it's also, um, yeah, like, writing for the other characters, I tried to give them, again, a lot of that freedom to change it and to put their own voice into it. But a lot of them didn't. They were like, no, this is how it's written. We're just going to do it this way. But they were able to change it enough to, like, just make it their voice. I don't yeah. know. But but yeah, I do get worried sometimes, too, that I'm like, does this all sound like me? I don't know. Does
0: well, yeah, like that, that's kind of what I was wondering, where it's also like, it's maybe the, the, the rhythm is easier to get into with the character, but also mm-hmm. it's easier to overthink what's working and what's not sometimes because it's coming from you. Yeah. So if you have any self-doubt, that can infect what's working and what's not in the scene.
1: Yeah, that's so true. Oh my gosh, it's such like so many layers of things. But you act sometimes in your own films too, right? Yes. Like, um is was that something you wanted to do on purpose or did it sometimes happen out of necessity or
0: um probably a little bit of both. Yeah. I mean more and more I'm just sort of giving in to like I think I can pull this off. Mm-hmm. Uh I've never been good at memorizing lines. Oh, and so sure. not that I've ever tried that hard. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, like out of laziness I'd sort of go in and again sort of know what beats I want to hit, but then yeah. kind of navigate it as I went through it. But um, you know, like what I've found was difficult on the first couple was I would play these goofy characters who just look very, uh, I don't know, like, I make the character look as dumb as possible, and it, it's this awkward element of trying to direct when you just look like the biggest idiot on set, and then you have to jump in and play that idiot, too, uh, where it's like, I'm trying to have some kind of credibility as the right. author here, you know, and uh, I don't know, it's it's interesting directing yourself, and it is difficult. Yeah. Uh, I mean, So, do you think you will direct yourself as an actor at some point in the future?
1: Um, probably. I've done it for theater, okay. which is tough, too, because um, you really can't see yourself, so... Right. So I have gotten that experience. Um I don't really mind it. I just it's nice to have that outside view. It's like a luxury now kinda. Yeah.
0: Um
1: uh, but I was gonna ask, um so your next your film that you're writing right now, are you gonna write a part for yourself in it?
0: Um it's not know? clear. We yeah. this is actually the first time I've written one where I don't I couldn't do it on like a no budget level. It would oh, have to yeah. be a little bit bigger. And so as far as that goes, it's sort of like Maybe it's mm-hmm. some a lot of a lot of the same people, and maybe it wouldn't be. I yeah. don't know. And I, I'm trying to sort of broaden what type of script I can write in general, yeah. and to just like I, I. So you're very much into genre stuff, mm-hmm. and always have been. And I've kind of resisted that in part because of the the physical limitations of like if I can't make it look right, then I don't know if I want yeah. to try it. And I'm sure you had to navigate like how do we get it to look right enough that it clicks. Yeah. Um, and so like for me, I've kind of tried not. I mean, it like. Broadly comedies, right? But beyond mm-hmm. that, not a whole lot of genre elements. And so with this one, we decided, what if we just try to do a big slasher movie? Oh, boy. Which is so out of my comfort zone, really. Yeah. But it, it was fun to do that, and it's kind of addicting in its own way to now say, like, all right, let's just go from big genre to big genre yeah. and maybe try oh. that.
1: <gasps> That's so cool. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait to hear all about them.
0: Well, I hope it yeah. happens. So we'll see. Well,
1: it's so funny to me that you say you don't have a genre, but to me... A lot of your films do feel like a very specific, like their own thing. And there's nothing else quite like them. Like they're just sort of quiet and like things flow at their own pace and like i feel like that doesn't happen a lot in movies anymore it's always like action action cut yeah, to the I'm next out of thing step
0: that's the problem no i love it
1: i yours are like you can breathe a little bit and just take things in and i think that's so nice and so needed right now so so i do feel like you have a very specific style that's well kind of funny I, I,
0: i'm glad to hear that you think it works i feel like yeah. sometimes people are like it was it was interesting you know oh, you get that kind of note
1: yeah maybe it's just not for them but i, yeah. I really enjoy
0: it well, I mean, it, it is tough, though, because you want to figure out, OK, how do I get the widest amount of people to be yeah. interested in this, but also did not lose my own interest in it?
1: Yeah, it's hard. You're like, this is my vision, but also it needs an audience. So right. There's no point. Yeah, it is hard.
0: If you're just joining us, I'm talking today with Katie Otten, local actor and writer who just created and stars in a new web series called Inner Worlds. Join the conversation on social media or call in with what issue is on your mind this week in a brief voicemail to 402-881-0089 for a chance to be featured on one of our upcoming shows. Well, and so when you're doing a series I imagine too you're sort of like okay what goes into episode 1 is really mm-hmm. important and you didn't do like a pilot process right so like it's not like right. it's not the same thing where it's got to have its own contained story necessarily but as mm-hmm. the teaser to get people to keep watching
1: yeah. and to
0: be palatable enough immediately that a lot of people would even check it out in the first place like how did you sort of figure that out for episode one? I mean
1: I hope that happened I don't know but uh, I wrote a lot of time jumps and time craziness Um, so the first episode starts with them at the kind of end of the season so we see them at like a really stressful moment and then it all goes back to like now this is how that started Um, and I wanted that just so that People could see like, okay, these are where this these characters are going, but how now let's see how they get there. And um, I don't know, I don't know if that came across or not. There's a lot that I took from this first season that I want to change in the second season and like a lot that I really learned from, but um, but that was the intent anyway. yeah.
0: well so are you, you said you're doing a bunch of acting now, sort of <laughs> like as you gear up for season two?
1: Yeah, I'm How's acting in a lot of other projects. I'm in uh, The Tempest right now with Nebraska Shakespeare, nice. so uh, you can check that out this June. It's so exciting. Um, And then I'm in a couple different film things. So, yeah, I just – I love every day being totally different. Like, I would go insane if I had a job where – I go, work from nine to five and do the same thing like some people love that but I cannot stand it what about you
0: um, <laughs> yeah well I, so I I don't do uh, I also like to have different things and mm-hmm. I, I like when I have a project usually it takes me like a year or two to co- sort of work through it all and until it's actually out there yeah. so it's sort of like I get to be obsessed with different things <laughs> for every year almost yeah. which is kind of fun and exhilarating uh, I wonder in your case because everyone knows you right if anyone's working on a movie here they probably <laughs> have heard or know somebody who knows you has worked with you uh, and so the, the roles that you get. I wonder how much it's tailored to the perception of you versus when you get to try something different, like being an evil person. Right? I
1: actually have something funny about this. Um, Because the evil one came from a group of people I'd never met in my whole life. I just auditioned for the role and got it. So I do think that that's important a little bit because there's a film I'm doing this summer where they wrote a little joke in it just about me (laughs) because everyone knows me. And it's so funny. And I love that I've sort of built like this sort of image or brand I guess of myself that like I don't know.
0: Not evil. I'm, certainly. Yeah, not part I'm the
1: happy magic rainbow person, and I love that. I will use that forever. But but I do love when I get to meet new people and step outside of that. And I think I do think it's harder to do that. Maybe once everyone knows you and kind of puts you in a certain box. But yeah. um, but I'm finding ways to. Die. I'm not worried.
0: I got offered a random uh, <gasps> acting thing oh. from somebody. It's it's not it's not going to happen ultimately. But it was like a thing out of nowhere. Where somebody had seen some of my work and uh, sends over the script. And he's like, hey. I think you're perfect for this role. It's Aww. basically like just like you. And so I open up the script and it's like, "Jim, passionate but very annoying." Oh. <laughs> like, "Oh, thanks." What does that mean? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, Guess that's what I seemed like.
1: That's so Sometimes you do see a character description and you're like, "Oh." <laughs> There's one theater is awfully bad at it. Like it will say like beautiful and whatever, and then there'll be a character that's like unattractive and overweight or blah blah, blah. and I'm like, "How hurtful must that be?" When you're cast as a character, then, like, I don't,
0: yeah, I had, don't know. It's have you just had situations weird. like that where it's sort of uh, difficult to figure out, like, am I offended by this role or is, like, that something I can get over?
1: Yeah, a little bit. I've I played a plenty of annoying, obnoxious, childish characters because yeah. I have that kind of voice, you know. But, um, so, yeah, and I'm a little, like. Oh, okay. But, like, also I embrace it. I don't... Yeah, so I'm
0: just being a baby. I'm like, yeah. oh, you called me annoying, huh? Instead of uh, using it to broaden my skill set.
1: Right. Do you want to do more acting? Do
0: you I'd, I'd be happy to. Uh, I don't know. I, it's not something I've, like, pursued. Like I said, I've never tried that hard to even be able to memorize lines. So I'm probably not the best bet. But uh, <laughs> Memorizing
1: is a muscle. And that's what I tell people is it's going to be tough at first. But the more you do it, the easier it really gets. Yeah. Um, but I remember, this is such a sad anecdote. Though, but I remember working on one of your films and I wasn't fully memorized. I don't remember what happened, but I showed up and I'm usually so prepared. But I was like, no, I'll wing it. But I couldn't wing it because it was like all really technical stuff. And it was so, I felt so bad.
0: You shouldn't feel bad. I uh, <laughs> do. I, I don't it? remember it. So i sure okay. it wasn't a big deal. I
1: was like, oh, he must hate me. And you were like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs>
0: yeah, I don't have it all memorized. It's so funny.
1: <laughs> but I just, I think we as actors put that pressure on ourselves. Yeah, and yeah. And it's so funny because, yeah, like our brains just don't work that in some days we can memorize really well and some days we just can't and yeah. it's hard. But.
0: Yeah, an actor I've worked with a lot, Will Forger, mm-hmm. he uh, absolutely will not memorize the script. Like <laughs> He'll say that he's going to try to and yeah. he won't really try that hard. so funny. But he's there, so great. You know, he's so, got this yeah. amazing screen presence Yeah, and so that it was good for me to figure out like, all right, well, he's just not going to say the words as they're written. How yeah. do I figure out how to still make the same movie? <laughs> Uh, so funny. Well, and so I, we just worked with Derek Silkman on this oh, last sure. one, and uh, Derek obviously is like this trained actor. He's done Shakespeare as mm-hmm. well, and uh, he's done a lot of stuff locally. And so I was telling him because Will was late the day that we were supposed to film with uh, with Derek. Mm-hmm. You know, and Derek. You know, he's kind of this big imposing guy. Yeah. If he wants to, he's super like he's a sweetheart, right? Uh-huh. But if you don't know him, right, it can seem that way. Uh, and so I was telling him, you know, Will's, you know, he doesn't really like to uh, go exactly like what's in the script. He might just <laughs> want to play around with it. And Derek gave me this like death stare. I don't know, he probably didn't mean it to be that bad, wide, but yeah. he's not in the mood for that, clearly. And he looks down at me, you know, oh, his no. you know big shoulders, looks down. He's like, I don't like to improvise much. Like, <laughs> All right, I'll tell Will we'll stay on script today <laughs> oh, and see, see how that goes. <laughs> That's so
1: funny. Yeah, every actor is so different. Yeah.
0: It's amazing. Well, so when you do a series and now you're going to season two, uh, knowing what the actors, what works and what doesn't for the actors mm-hmm. and their characters, I'm sure you learn a lot about that over the course of making season one. Yeah. Is it easier to do season two now and know where you can sort of flex things, where to change stuff?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I actually got a lot of feedback from them because for some of them, their own stories are embedded a little bit in there. And so I asked them, like, where do you want your character's arc to go? And To me, that was so important because now they know their characters better than I do, you know, like I created them, but now they've taken and ran with them. So so I wanted them to have a lot of say and like I, you know, ultimately make the final decision and I had ideas of where I wanted them to go. But it was really exciting to hear from them, like, here's what I think my character might do next. Or here's where I imagine them going and getting the craft from there was really helpful.
0: is season two. Are you writing every episode again?
1: Yep. Okay,
0: you don't have a writer's room? No, no,
1: no, no. I mean, Jessica helped uh, with edits a little bit. Things where she was like, oh, this doesn't quite make sense to me. But overall, it was just me. Um, And it was so much easier once I knew the characters and knew uh, the story really well. It was like writing just came so naturally for it. Is
0: Jessica directing every episode again? Yes. Okay, so it's the same people.
1: Yep, and it's starting off, so the first season ends... Have you seen the, yes. the last yes. one? Okay. Well, I don't know if
0: you want to spoil it for the people okay. listening. I'm not so. going to say what okay.
1: happens. I'll just say it's like kind of a cliffhanger. And then this, the second season will start um, a couple of months later. <laughs> and
0: season two, you are, you're seeking funding, like there's a, there's a crowdsourcing yes. thing? Yeah, or? we're okay. doing an
1: Indiegogo. Um, we got most of our funding that way the first time, so we're trying it again. There's a lot of really cool merch that you can get, like Funko Pops and keychains and just fun things. Um, but we also, if people don't want to do any of that, we have on our website just a donation button. For some people, they just want to, like, we just want to give you money and then not worry about it again. So, right. so those are two totally fine options. Um, but you can find us uh, as Inner Worlds Anywhere.
0: It's Innerworlds Is it innerworlds.com is the main website? It's just
1: innerworldseries.com. Series.com, Series. yeah. com. okay. Innerworlds on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram.
0: And so all episodes of Season 1 are out there.
1: Yep, they're all on YouTube for free.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. so is, is there anything people can do as far as like when they watch it? Do you, are you looking for reviews or anything else that would help get the word out?
1: Oh, sure, yeah. If they can share with anyone that they think might be interested, um, anyone who plays D&D or even is just interested in learning more about it or just likes kind of – Um, relationship-type drama, this might be a good thing for them. Um, So, yeah, uh, share it with your friends, talk about it, all that good stuff. Word of mouth really helps. Subscribers on YouTube really helps.
0: (laughs) Innerworldseries.com. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Well, Katie, it's been great to talk to you again. Oh,
1: thank you. It's so exciting to be here.
0: Yeah, congratulations (laughs) on the show, and I hope Season 2 is uh, as much of a success as the first one seems to be.
1: Oh, thank you very much. All
0: right, thank you. Riverside Chats is a production of KIOS 91.5 FM, Omaha Public Radio. The show is produced and edited by Courtney Bierman. Our original music is written and performed by the real Zeebos. Our artwork is done by Ben Matukowitz. Remember, you can find the backlog of all of these conversations wherever you get podcasts. Subscribe today and please leave us a review. As always, thank you for listening. I'm Tom Noblock.